Welcome to MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue and we're coming to you from the campus of Middle Tennessee State University in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Innovation is necessary to keep pace in a fast-changing business environment, but how can small businesses be more innovative given their relatively limited resources? Dr. Joshua Aaron, an associate professor of management and four MTSU colleagues have explored the relationship between product innovation and leadership in a study published in the Journal of Business Research. Since the leader sets the atmosphere in which the employees work, it would be counterintuitive to think that the leader would have no impact on innovation. What kind of leader fosters small business creativity? After this. Here are the latest headlines from mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. In observance of Mental Health Awareness Month in May, some members of the MTSU community are taking advantage of a recently launched opportunity to improve their own literacy skills of mental health topics. MTSU's Center for Health and Human Services launched the Mental Health First Aid Project on campus earlier this spring. Thus far, the effort has resulted in five workshops over the past two months, providing two-year certifications to almost 100 students, staff, and faculty members. Organizers say 39 additional workshops, including one later this month, will be scheduled on campus by September 30, 2021. Their goal is reaching up to 800 members of the MTSU community. Each workshop lasts eight hours and is provided free to participants. Training at the workshop includes depression, anxiety, trauma, non-suicidal self-harm, psychosis, and substance abuse. Linda Williams, grant coordinator for the project, has spent much of her career in behavioral health, specifically in addiction treatment. She knows firsthand the difference education and skills training can make, and she says she believes the MHFA is an important part of changing the cultural perception of mental illness. The mental health training offers an evidence-based curriculum that trains participants to handle such situations and recognize a range of possibilities that commonly occur as a person experiences symptoms of mental illness. For MTSU News at any time, go to mtsunews.com. Joshua, thank you for being our guest today. Absolutely. What was the specific hypothesis of your study? Well, anytime somebody's looking at um, small business outcomes or um, entrepreneurial outcomes, you can look at several different things. Survival is one of them. Uh, growth is another one. But this particular study looks at new product innovation as the outcome variable. And the independent variables of the study are individual characteristics of the leader within that organization and how those, those different characteristics can have an impact on that firm's ability to be innovative. Is this the sort of thing that can be really measured quantitatively? It sounds like it's uh, very personalized and individualized because there are all different kinds of leadership styles. There are. Uh, th this specific study looks at uh, different things like inspirational leadership, uh, the leader's ability to communicate meaning, to their followers about what their job is and how it's going to have an impact on the company. Uh, efficacy was another thing that we looked at. That, that in essence, is, is the confidence that you have in your ability to do a job. And then, obviously, in a small business context, that gets conferred upon the organization as a whole. How, how well do the, the entire group of employees feel about their ability to perform well in this environment? 
And then the last two things we looked at was the, the negotiation style of the leader, whether they use more of a competitive negotiation style or a collaborative negotiation style, and what impact that might have on new product innovation. But to, to answer your question about uh, our ability to capture that quantitatively, we just used um, well-established measures, survey instruments uh, that, that have been around for a long time and, and in our study ended up with good uh, reliability measures, which is another way to, to, to test and make sure that the, the data we gathered is, is reliable. Um, and we sent, sent this out to a list of uh, small businesses in Tennessee through the Tennessee Small Business Development Center. Which and is got our an MTSU entity, yeah. Yeah, the Pat Jiho, who's on the paper, is um, is the state director for the SBDC, and um, we got our access to, or our ability to send this survey out to all of his uh, registered users, um, and then gleaned a sample from that. You know, we have to, we lose some some responses for uh, incomplete data and that type of thing, but end up with our usable sample, which ended up being seventy six uh, firms. What did you find with regard to the specific type of management style that really fosters innovation in a small business? Well, we had five hypotheses. Um, we, we hypothesized that inspirational leadership, uh, communicating meaning, efficacy, and then the two negotiation styles that I talked about a moment ago, we had a, we had a hypothesis that the first four would positively impact new product innovation, but that a collaborative negotiation style would negatively uh, impact new product innovation. What we found was that um, the, the the two highest, the, the two that most strongly impacted new product innovation were efficacy and a competitive negotiation style. Now when you say competitive, does that mean competitive intramurally within the organization or with external clients and and the businesses with which the small business would interface? That's that's all external. So so as they negotiate with suppliers or customers or perhaps even one of their competitors, how do they handle that negotiation? And there's a lot and the survey instrument captures kind of your attitude and how you go about a, a negotiation. And for some situations obviously collaboration would be better right you know in a marriage it's probably better to use collaborative negotiation style mm -hmm. than it is to be competitive with one another but what we find is that in a lot of business situations the collaborative person gets run over and the competitive person wins the negotiation and ends up with a better outcome and it's sort of the nature of capitalism is it not <laughs> to, to some extent I think that's exactly that's exactly right and so what we found was the the leaders who approach negotiation from a competitive standpoint end up being more innovative, which we, we believe will lead to uh, small business success. In other words, they don't rest on their laurels just because they have one or two magnificent products on the market that have been doing beautifully. They're always looking for the next thing. To we, grow, perhaps. Yes, yeah, certainly in, in, in terms of innovation because uh, the, the, the inherent logic there is that a small business must stay innovative in order to survive because they, they could be just one bad turn in the economy away from dying as a firm because we're, we're talking about some firms here that have six, eight, ten employees, right? Mm -hmm. So if, if the economy takes a, a downturn and, and your one product that you specialize in is not cutting it anymore, then it could have very detrimental impacts on, on you as a firm. So 
all firms need to be somewhat innovative, but for a small firm, it's even that much more important to stay innovative and foster that type of environment within the organization. And since small businesses don't have as big a budget for research and development as large corporations do, creativity and innovation among the employees could make the difference. Absolutely, which is which which goes back to you know the, uh, we've been talking about the last two hypotheses about the negotiation style, but that what you're talking about goes back to the first three hypotheses. How do we lead? Do we inspire others? Uh, you know, there's the whole transactional leadership versus transformational. One, you know, you, someone does something because you told them to, and they have to do it. The other is someone does something because they really feel a connection to this organization and they want to see it succeed. I've worked for both types of leaders. <laughs> In I'm, my career, I'm, I'm sure most of us have, and it's the it's the old uh, you know people always use the the analogy of uh, parents and children. You know, at, at, there's some things that your kids have to do because you told them to, but then ultimately you you hope that eventually they get to the point where they do things because they just love and respect you and and want to do the right things, and 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 that is very synonymous with what takes place within an organization, at least a well functioning one, is that the employees, we, we call them organizational citizenship behaviors. They're willing to go above and beyond what the job description says because they just care about that organization so much. It just comes second nature to them to do what is necessary to make this organization succeed. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. This is MTSU on the record. The Tennessee Employment Relations Research Association, or TERA, gives labor relations specialists and academics a chance to share their views and their data. Terra wants academics and other interested in human resources and industrial relations to work together at meetings and conferences to strengthen the workplace. Many MTSU faculty belong to Terra, which has members in 20 states and 7 nations. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The Middle Tennessee Writing Project is a program that fosters the effective teaching of writing to students in kindergarten through high school. The project hosts annual summer institutes where teacher participants teach and learn from each other effective techniques of teaching writing. In addition, the project sponsors summer writers camps for youngsters. MTSU is one of 185 sites of the National Writing Project and one of only two in Tennessee. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. What kind of a leader is the best leader for small business to foster innovation in products and services? Dr. Joshua Aaron, an associate professor of management and four of his colleagues, uh, published a study in the Journal of Business Research that strives to answer that question. And let us uh, give a shout out to your colleagues right now, Dr. Timothy Dunn and Dr. William McDowell, Dr. Patrick Gehoe, who you mentioned as the head of the Tennessee Small Business Development Center, and the dean of the Jennings A. Jones College of Business, David Urban, all signatories to and authors of this study that was published in the Journal of Business Research. Uh, you make reference to affect theory in the section on inspirational leadership. What exactly is affect theory? Affect theory basically says that there are certain emotions and, and attributes that, or, or certain emotions and, and feelings that people attribute to behaviors that they see in other people or uh, their, their own past behaviors. And specifically, we tie it to the inspirational leadership 
uh, argument because inspirational leadership, if, if you see your leader doing certain things that you, that you perceive to be caring for you, nurturing your progression as a follower, maybe even up through the organizational hierarchy, then that ties you to that leader more strongly and you're going to be more willing to do what they say. And it ties you more strongly to the organization itself. If if you if, if you see the leader as the embodiment of an organization, which it's, it would be rather easy, I surmise, to do with a small business, because the small business is that individual's dream or uh, creation, usually. And you know, if you're talking about six to ten employees, right? Absolutely. I mean, you're you're exactly right. It's. Uh you know, a lot of times when we're in a big organization, we can separate the leader from the organization because maybe they've only been there a few years and this organization's been around for 100 years before they got here. But with these types of companies that we're looking at in this study, oftentimes you're dealing with the, with the founder, with the, still the CEO or the leader of the company, and it has been their baby from day one. And so they, they become very closely intertwined with the organization itself and everybody around them sees it that way. It would seem to me just as a, a matter of, of common sense, not looking at it from the research standpoint that you and your colleagues have obviously, that uh, with a small business and so few employees, if there is not a, a spirit of trust and cooperation that the leader is able to instill in the uh, colleagues, then even if the organization is very productive, it's not going to be a very happy place to work and there's not going to be a lot of um, uh, good vibes and ultimately that's bound to be reflected in the production output, is it not? Sure, and and I think one of the things you're hitting on there with, with your comments is that a small business is is so much more uh, influenced by one person. One, one leader can take a small business and completely turn the culture. One bad apple can be inserted into the, the barrel of a small business and really ruin everything. And so uh, inspirational leadership probably even more so important in a small business environment because everybody has to be pulling in the same direction. You know, a, a big huge organization is can probably get away with a couple of bad apples not doing their part. But a small business like this that that is going to thrive and going to need to need to be innovative and, and like the companies that are in our study here, I mean it's absolutely crucial that they get the right type of leadership and that that leader be able to establish the right kind of culture. What did you find regarding the difference between competitive bargaining and collaborative bargaining? You touched on it a little bit earlier. Well, we hypothesized, uh, the hypothesis four and five of the paper were both dealing with negotiation style, and we hypothesized that a competitive behavioral stance was going to have a positive impact on new product innovation. If you just happen to have a, a random sample, what is the likelihood that this result is going to come from just a random distribution of numbers? Okay. And so if we get that p-value you down below 5% and we say, well, there's, all, there's a less than 5% chance that this could be just happenstance, then now we're convinced that it's statistically significant. It's the, it's the same idea as when you see presidential polling and they say, you know, plus or minus whatever percent. Well, they've had to get to a certain number of respondents to get their plus or minus 3%. If they only had half that many, maybe it would be plus or minus 
10%. Mm -hmm. But as we get more and more observations, we, we narrow down the, the range of what would be a confidence interval around the result that we found. So the, the 0.05 level is, is significant. Uh, and this particular result that we were talking about with the collaborative negotiation was at 0.11. So we, we could drive it down and make it more significant with a larger sample, but as you, you could see, mm -hmm. since you've read the paper in, right. the, in the methods section, we sent it out to 2,500 2, small businesses and got 76. Right. You got some email bounce back because some emails right. uh, didn't exist anymore, and then you got um, respondents, uh, some respo responded and some did not respond. Uh, how does a small business leader handle intramural competition among the employees trying to outdo the other in creativity? I mean, you want your employees to each strive to do the best he or she can in creativity, but uh, on the other hand, you don't want it to get to the point where they're undercutting each other's work, trying to undermine each other, doing dirty things. Uh, a leader has to be able to put the kibosh on that kind of an atmosphere. You do it very delicately, right, because it is it is some sort of moderate amount of competition inside the walls of the company that you want. There's some good healthy competition and then there's a point at which it goes beyond that and becomes detrimental. How do we motivate and push and push and push and try to get them to do more and more and more without eventually um, crossing over that tipping point to where they're they're doing things that are combative in nature not just competitive but combative and then therefore puts a negative strain on the overall creativity of the firm we'll take another break here we'll be right back this is mtsu on the record the middle tennessee state university women's studies research series features compelling monthly talks on gender related topics by faculty and graduate students the series offers a chance to learn about research in progress and to chat with faculty in an informal setting. All lectures are free and open to the public and are held on the MTSU campus. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. The Army ROTC College Program at MTSU prepares students mentally, physically, and emotionally to become leaders and promotes virtues of duty, honor, country. ROTC cadets are involved in all academic disciplines, athletics, and student organizations at MTSU. Full scholarships and tuition assistance are awarded based on merit. All cadets upon graduation will serve their country as second lieutenants either in the Army, Army Reserve, or Army National Guard. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Creativity in small business is the subject. Dr. Joshua Aaron, who is an associate professor of management, is our guest. We're talking about the study that they published in the Journal of Business Research. A, a great deal of research, including some that you cite in the study, asserts that leaders who create a climate of trust are going to be more effective and they're going to have greater productivity from their employees. Uh, how can a level of trust be maintained uh, with the encouragement of competing egos? This touches a little bit on what we were talking about right before the break, but I'm thinking now more in terms of a, a boss playing favorites with one employee over another, which can be counterproductive. What is said in the leadership literature time and time again is that you have to be clear and consistent and honest and give feedback and all of those types of things. 
And the more you do that, the more that that follower is going to buy into what it is that you're saying. But there, there's another little leadership ex uh, example that I read uh, last week in preparation for that class. It was like the, the secrets of being Santa Claus. And it's like this yeah. interview with Santa Claus. And Santa Claus says, well, I have to be, I have to be Santa Claus 24-7-365. Because if I ever do anything that questions my integrity, if I ever show these elves any type of um, example that's not what they know Santa Claus to be, then I've lost them forever. We don't just have to go in and, 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 be, and be of high integrity one day or be heartfelt another day or show that we care for our followers the third day. We have to live that day in and day out because our followers are looking to us as examples and, and subconsciously they're looking for behaviors that are acceptable or unacceptable in this work environment. And if they see us doing things that we might slip into a gray area, then in the back of their mind they say, well, that's acceptable here. And that, that, that obviously is counterproductive. It strikes me that uh, a leader of a small business, especially one that this individual created from scratch, it's his baby, it's his uh, brainchild, uh, might have a difficult time being the the kind of inspirational leader that the paper refers to. They might be more the my way or the highway kind of a leader because they have so much personally invested emotionally and psychologically in the positive outcome of their small business and the goods and services they produce. Um, is it difficult for a small business leader to shy away from that kind of uh, that kind of intense approach? Yes, the the two things that popped in my mind when you were saying that are uh, two management ideas: escalation of commitment, number one, and then uh, someone being a micromanager, number two. Uh, the escalation of commitment deals with as we get further along. Uh, as we try something and we get further down the path of doing it and we've invested all of this time and effort and energy and money to try it, then we're sort of blinded by negative feedback that we get that might be telling us to pull the plug on this idea or this product or this new location that we've just opened up or this new, you know, the new state that we're thinking about going into and doing business. And so that specifically applies to a small business more so I think than a, than a large business but then the the next thing that that I thought of is this idea of being a micromanager versus being someone who delegates well and a small business owner especially a small business owner who's the founder of the firm is going to have a lot more difficult time delegating some tasks down to their to their employees because they know what works in their business and so that leads them to micromanaging that leads them to not empowering and a, a non-empowered employee is a dissatisfied employee and a unproductive employee. There were two, uh, well I won't say they're competing values, but there are two different kinds of, of uh, values that are mentioned in the study. One is making sure that each employee understands his or her role, has a very distinct job description, uh, that it is communicated to them explicitly what they are to do and how they are to do it and what is expected of them and what level of performance they are expected to achieve. And the other is the value of, as a group, sharing information and uh, 
letting each other know what the other is doing and maybe even doing some some cross training uh, those are are two values that it would seem if they don't blend like a Venn diagram then they could bump against each other and how does one make sure that you, you are able to achieve both of those goals without people feeling their turf is being infringed upon? Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. The, the, the difficulty, I think, is as we get more and more detailed with our job descriptions, we are almost inherently reducing and reducing the creativity. So if I give you more and more checklist items of things that you're going to have to do on a daily basis, I'm taking away some of your ability to read and react to the situation and, and, and think uh, strategically about how you're going to uh, do your job or how we might even need to be creative in, in the sense of the new product the innovation. The employee is sort of lo looking at a to-do list or a checklist as opposed to thinking outside the box in a way that could benefit the company. Right, and, and what, what we tried to... Uh, look at more in this paper was not so much the communicating the specific task related to your job is that we wanted we wanted to look at their ability to communicate to the follower that their job mattered and that their job meant something to the firm and that it was an important cog in that wheel and piece in that puzzle that was ultimately going to lead to success and that's something that has really really become a, a focal point of of leadership study recently is that you know the especially as, as millennials start to get into the workforce right they, they want to know they they they, they thrive in a, in a in a context of constant feedback so it's not just feedback saying hey that was a pretty good job but it's feedback saying you know if you continue to do this the outcome for the firm is going to be that and you're specifically going to be part of that process and, and part of that part of that good result. Um, so, so the communication part of this particular paper is not really, you know, make sure they know the job description backwards and forwards. It's more of make sure they know that they're an important part of this overall process that we're trying to accomplish. Thank you for clarifying that. I appreciate that. The study title is The Impact of Leadership on Small Business Innovativeness. It was made available online uh, by the Journal of Business Research in May of 2016. If you go to Google Scholar uh, and put in Joshua Aaron's name or anything pertaining to small business leadership or innovativeness, you will probably have it pop up as one of your options, and uh, I commend it to your reading. Dr. Joshua Aaron, thank you for being our guest today. Thank you so much. We'll be right back. Women in Science and Engineering, or WISE, helps college women prepare for and become involved in science-related careers. WISE nurtures women's interest in these fascinating and critical fields and provides mentoring and networking opportunities. The group's main goal is to assure women of their importance in all scientific and technical fields and to promote equal opportunity and treatment of women in science. I'm Dr. Judith Iriarte-Gross, WISE advisor. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. The Middle East-centered MTSU seeks to promote greater understanding of the politics, history, and culture of this vitally important region of the world. Its mission includes the promotion of outreach programs and faculty research. The center sponsors lectures by Middle East experts and scholarly exchanges. We're especially pleased to offer a new interdisciplinary minor in Middle East studies with courses in Arabic and Hebrew. 
This is Dr. Alan Hibbard, Center Director. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. Gina Fan has the middle moment. MTSU trustee and Bridgestone Americas executive Christine Kerboyak encouraged students at MTSU's spring 2019 undergrad commencement to be ready for the detours and the amazing possibilities in the plans they've made for their post-college lives. Plans almost never unfold exactly like we want them to. And frankly, thank the stars for that. Real life is so much more interesting than the plans that we make. In my experience, it's the people who believe this and embrace this and who are willing to pivot in the face of either opportunities or challenges who find the most success and satisfaction along the road into the future. Not only that, they wind up being deeply, deeply grateful for the detours that they face. That's MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for listening. MTSU On The Record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University, is produced by the university's Marketing and Communications Office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.